stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm joined by Zach's Director of Research, Shiraz Mian, to discuss what the earnings outlook is looking like, what's going on out there, what is really going on with these big caps, and some of these areas that I know people are kind of shunning, like finance. We've got a lot of the numbers in on finance, I noticed. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about the small caps and what's going on there, because that looks like a different story is going on with the small guys. They're being ignored again. So welcome, Shiraz. Thanks. Thanks for being back. It's always good to have Shiraz on here because you have all the data. <laughs> sure. So we like seeing what is actually going on. And we're pretty far into earnings season, the third quarter earnings season now. And we have some of the data in I see through Monday, November 11th is our latest data drop. And you have 447 of the S&P 500 members have now reported. So that's a big, big chunk. Sure. So this is good that we're having you on now. And earnings are down 1.7% year over year with revenues up 4.3. And um, I find that to be interesting because everybody was saying, oh, this quarter, it's going to be so awful. And the advance look did show the, that the earnings decline would be sharper than what this is turning out to be. That's so true. So why? what did we all get wrong with the third quarter? So, uh, yes, the expectations were for a much bigger drop in earnings. Uh, the outlook on the revenues front has been for positive growth uh, for some time. And a big reason for that is the base period for 2019 or all those quarters in 2018, when each quarter was a new quarterly record, all-time record even. Uh, so the, the, the tax cut uh, was a direct boost to the bottom line. And uh, even though uh, the uh, the true believers in the supply side economics tell us that it has uh, uh, indirect effects on revenues as well. But we know that once you cut corporate tax cuts, uh, it's a it's a direct boost to margins, direct boost to earnings, but not so much to revenues. So the revenue comparisons are normal. Okay. While the earnings comparisons are dealing with that huge boost because of the corporate tax cut. So we all along knew that a best case scenario for earnings for 2019 as a whole, like even stepping back from Q3 uh, and looking at the year as a whole, the best case scenario will be a flat finish for the year. Okay. Uh, now, if we, if we step back and look at earnings, Starting with when we came out of the last recession back in 2009, we have come a very long way. And we have had a ton of growth, both in the market, in revenues, in margins, and in earnings. So uh, if we had an all-time record earnings last year, meaning in 2018, and we are about even with that in 2019, then... Uh, in a uh, in an overall analytical sense, it's a pretty impressive 
profitability performance yeah. uh, for these companies to continue growing the top lines and to continue maintaining their margins at this stage in the cycle. It wasn't that long ago when people were worried about the duration of the cycle, whether we were uh, we were heading towards a recession. We had all those um, uh, yield curve shapes yeah. and uh, inversions and all of that. So thankfully, those worries have eased a little bit uh, so coming back to the earnings, Tracy, uh, there was this fear getting into the Q3 earnings season uh, that while there will not be much growth in Q3, uh, the, the, the data flow from, from the U.S., from Europe, from emerging markets had kind of conditioned uh, folks to this fear that the, the substance and tone of guidance will be overwhelmingly negative. Okay. And we didn't, we didn't see that. So no. there, there were some negative uh, pre-announcements and negative guidance, uh, but nothing out of the ordinary. And that is the big positive, in my sense, uh, okay. of the Q3 earnings season, yes. Now, I took a look at what you have predicted um, so far for 2020, what the analysts are saying for that full year going forward, just even based on what you were just saying about how difficult it would be coming off of record earnings in 2018, and we have the trade war tariff issue to be basically flat this year, it's showing um, earnings growth of 8.5% for next year already. That's right. So, that seems super optimistic. Yes. So uh, not only 8.5% growth in 2020, but north of 10% growth in 2021. Now, 2021 wow. is a far, far away in the future. <laughs> right. Uh, we, are, we are dealing with the uh, Chicago winter of 2019. So uh, uh, it's, it's hard to think that far ahead. But uh, if... If all the uh, the key areas where the end of a cycle symptoms appear, uh, margins get squeezed, companies have problem uh, uh, with their payroll, inflation is a problem for the Fed, uh, and uh, and that's 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 an aggregate macroeconomic problem. We are not seeing any of those issues no. in these earnings. So uh, companies do have problem with hiring people. Uh, payrolls have increased to some extent. Our transportation logistic is a little more expensive uh, than before, but top lines are growing. Uh, companies are still able to uh, maintain margins uh, in, a, in a decent enough way. And uh, as long as uh, those trends continue, uh, uh, I think we should get some growth. Now, eight and a half a person growth next year perhaps is too optimistic. Okay, uh, uh, it will come down. It has started coming down already. Okay, uh, about three months ago it was north of ten percent, so it has wow. come down okay. quite a bit. Uh, but uh, my sense is that the market will be okay if we have three four percent growth uh, in twenty twenty. Uh, if we totally get rid of 2020 growth, if we have a decline in 2020, then perhaps uh, there'll be a, a problem for the market. And the revenue, we have growth of 4.7 there. Yes. That seems like, ex- you know, re-acceleration. That's right. So this this is uh, the, the, the revenue in the aggregate for the S&P 500 has historically 
tracked very closely nominal global GDP growth. Okay. Now, the outlook for uh, GDP growth for the global economy has been trending down. So all these agencies that track uh, those metrics, like the IMF, uh, has been cutting their outlook for next year and beyond. Uh, given that, uh, it is perhaps reasonable to expect that estimates for 2020 will come down as well. Okay. Uh, switching over to kind of a sector look, as I mentioned earlier, finance is basically done reporting in the S&P 500. Sure. And you were reporting that those earnings were up 3% on revenue up 9.3. Yes. That sounds very optimistic as yes. well, considering the Fed is cutting again and yes. all this other stuff. So what is... What is finance telling us? Yeah, so finance uh, is is a case of low expectations and then a sector uh, that was forced to work with uh, a tough operating environment for a long time. Uh, you will recall that the, uh, the the interest rate environment, which is the primary uh, margin driver for, uh, for for most of these banks, uh, the interest rate environment for banks has been unhelpful for the last many, many years. Right. Uh, this has forced these companies to be extra efficient in how they deliver their services. So uh, they have been squeezing expenses out of their business for a long time. Uh, and then uh, on the margin, uh, some of the other lines of businesses have been uh, not growing in a major way, but still growing. Uh, and whether that's on the capital market side, whether that's on uh, uh, the, uh, the, the lending to households and businesses, uh, and then obviously cost controls. So uh, the entire earning cycle that we have had since, uh, since 2009 uh, has been driven by sectors other than finance. Finance never really got into its full earnings power because this entire 10-year period, uh, if we could we could say as one way to define it, it was the Fed keeping a tight lid on interest rates, yeah. which has been uh, holding back uh, finance profitability. So that sector could be a driver going forward. So it'll all depend on, on interest rates. It'll all depend on, on capital markets. Uh, the, the, the current expectation is that uh, we have uh, the, uh, the existing conditions continue into 2020. There aren't any major fireworks expected from finance. But if the interest rate environment changes... Uh, to the other side, meaning interest rates start inching up, that'll be a huge boost for, uh, for, for finance margins. And the, uh, uh, the operating expenses have been squeezed so much that any improvement uh, on the interest rate front will be a huge boost to, uh, to, to, uh, to bank earnings. Okay. Now, what other sectors or industries have done well so far in the S&P 500? The, the, the most surprisingly positive results were from the home builders. Uh, home builders, the, uh, uh, with, it, with the exception of a couple of names, across the board, uh, whether it was the actual Q3 results or commentary about the December quarter, uh, was well received and those stocks were up. 
Uh, I think basic materials, which is uh, the most economically sensitive and also uh, uh, the most uh, trade and international markets centric uh, expectations for that probably were way too low and depressed as well. And results from uh, basic materials surprised to the upside as well. I want to say medical or healthcare would be the other sector where uh, results were well received. Uh, we have this one metric, Tracy, where we look at the stock market reaction uh, to earnings results, uh, which is basically uh, we, we take the stock price performance from the day before to the day after of the earnings release. And what we found, the median uh, uh, the median stock price performance uh, for these companies that have uh, results uh, already uh, were up 0.82%. Uh, and for, for that same uh, number of companies in the previous quarter in Q2, were up 0.41%, so about twice as good uh, performance. Uh, so these three sectors uh, were, were notably better, uh, but other uh, sectors had better results as well. Okay. I think a lot of people will be surprised that you know, technology is not in those three that you mentioned. That's right. Yeah. Technology uh, is about even with uh, how it did uh, the last time. Uh, no major uh, new development on the technology front. On uh, balance, though, the one industry that has been holding technology back, which is the chip chip industry, the semiconductors, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the 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 operating outlook for that group has been that we are ending, uh, getting towards the end of the uh, of, of the cycle for them. Uh, that the bottom has been set, and then from the December quarter and onwards, we should start seeing improvement. And uh, there's been nothing in the Q3 results uh, that would negate their outlook. Okay. Uh, so uh, so that that view is still there, and that's probably. Uh, a major reason why these stocks have performed a lot stronger uh, than has been the case. A number of those semiconductor stocks are still uh, expected to report results. NVIDIA right. is coming out yes. uh, uh, this week. So, uh, But on the whole, results have been better than expected. Okay. Now let's switch over to the small caps because we monitor them too, but we do the S&P 600, right? That's right. And... Surprisingly, I'm always surprised by this at this stage of the earnings season, but we have 419 companies have already reported in the small caps. I always just assume, oh, they all go so much later, but that's not really true. And that 69.7% of the S&P 600 has already reported. And we have earnings down 18.2% on 0.9% higher revenue that looks pretty bad compared to what I was just looking at at the S&P 500. That's so right. what is going on in the small caps? Yeah, the small caps have been struggling for a while. They benefited from the tax cut legislation as well. And their uh, their comparisons are even tougher because they, uh, as are commonly assumed, are more domestic-oriented. Uh, and uh, the, uh, the, the conditions for them uh, haven't improved that much. So the... The, the earnings picture for the small caps uh, remains problematic. Their margins are, uh, uh, they don't have as much flexibility in their margins as the large caps have. Okay. Uh, and that's uh, that's showing up in results for Q3 and also uh, for full year this year and also expectations for next year. Okay. 
Um, do we know why it's like what sectors at all it's seeing those decline? Is it, I always think I've seen some pretty bad numbers in small retail. I'm not sure how many of those have reported yet, or maybe the EMPs on the energy side, because those energy earnings have really come down. Is there something in one sector that is pulling the rest of them down? So scale uh, which is which is a big competitive advantage for the large caps because of their size, uh, and which is missing with the small caps, uh, is 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 the big problem and why they have low margins. And finance is a big piece in the in the small caps, and finance is one area where margins and the overall business outlook benefits a lot from scale. So, as we saw on the positive side with. Uh, all of these major banks, particularly J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, and Citi, uh, benefiting from the size and scale of their operations. On the flip side, uh, these small lenders, because of the tough interest rate environment yeah. uh, and because of the uh, low demand for uh, uh, for, for borrowing from companies and from the commercial uh, commercial builders, uh, those banks have been struggling quite a bit. So the small okay. banks, which are a far bigger presence, and then obviously energy, you mentioned them yeah. correctly. Energy has been a problem for the large caps as well. Uh, and that's a problem in the small cap, uh, the small cap area as well. Retail, I believe, uh, we would likely see that issue with the retail as well. Okay. We haven't seen a lot of retail sector results uh, at this stage. Right. The results that we have seen are mostly from the online vendors and from the restaurant companies. Okay. The traditional uh, operators in the space that we associate as retail are like these uh, uh, these bri brick and mortar operators, yeah. and those companies are reporting just now. Okay. So we still have to wait to see. That's right. What those results are. I see. We have. Third quarter as a whole, the earnings are expected to be down 22.4%. Um, so it doesn't look like the outlook for some of those retailers maybe is as good because that's lower than where it is right now. That's right. And yeah. they haven't reported yet. Yeah. Okay. Um, what else can we take away from from this quarter's earnings season? I think the 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 absence of uh, of of outright negative guidance. Uh, the the, uh, the 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 operating uh, point of discussion uh, over the past couple of years, uh, even but particularly this year, uh, has been the uh, the trade overhang. Uh, that was the dominant theme uh, this quarter as well. Uh, but as uh, many in the market feared that the uh, the the onset of uh, negative economic data, both domestic and foreign. Uh, will prompt these companies to uh, uh, to guide lower. Uh, the initial results from the likes of FedEx and others were kind of uh, spooking uh, others and, yeah. and, and making us think that perhaps we'll have uh, a predominance of, uh, of negative guidance. That has not happened. Uh, and uh, estimates for uh, the December quarter have started coming down, but not uh, not in a concerning way. Okay. Uh, the negative revisions to the December quarter are about in line with historical trend levels. So that's all reassuring uh, about the uh, uh, about the overall earnings backdrop for the market. Okay. What do you think about some of these big 
tech fang type names all hitting new highs now uh, off of this earnings season. There seems to be a bullishness now, and they they're back. They're back on top. Sure. So I I did a uh, uh, an analysis recently uh, putting uh, all the fang and looking at them as a proportion of the S&P 500 as a whole, I was looking at uh, the FANG with the two A's. So it has okay. Apple and Amazon, both of them. Yeah. And uh, I was surprised to uh, to see that the uh, towards 2020 and 2021, uh, these companies uh, will be accounting for almost a tenth of S&P 500 earnings. So wow. they have they have they have a lot of earnings power. And uh, what we have seen over the past year, year and a half is that the the overall sentiment, the political sentiment uh, on the group has really soured. Right. Uh, so it's uh, uh, it's 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 a bipartisan uh, kind of uh, target for, uh, for for the political class to uh, to rein these guys in to add more regulation to them. And we are seeing that in their earnings too. They have very strong top line growth across the board. Uh, and what we are seeing with all of these players, particularly with Facebook and Google, uh, that these regulations essentially will mandate them to spend more money in how they, and uh, uh, how they review their content. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think uh, that's that's something that the market understands and the market has adequately priced in uh, as long as uh, they continue to remain dominant players in their respective spheres. Uh, from a stock market perspective, uh, uh, their standing uh, as part of portfolios should remain prominent. So uh, their earnings picture has weakened. Okay, uh, but once this phase of uh, extra hiring and extra spending to comply with either existing regulations or coming regulations, once that is completed, and there's no serious damage to their dominance uh, in in their respective areas, whether it's social media, whether it's searches, whether it's online spending, or whether it's technology like the iPhones and stuff. Uh, uh, then this should be uh, this should remain as uh, as as key holdings in all diversified portfolios. Okay, Apple and Alphabet are hitting new all time highs. That's right. So that's still that's still going on. Some of the fangs are still breaking out. So the the, the issue will be that if regulations uh, create new competitors in the search area in the online advertising area. Uh, then uh, holders of uh, of alphabet shares or those considering alphabet shares have to think twice. Uh, that is not the case. Uh, there are some. There, there most likely will be more restrictions in them. Uh, they probably will have to comply with more government regulations. But on the flip side, these new regulations probably will make it difficult for new companies to uh, right. uh, to establish themselves too. So it'll, yeah. it'll create. Uh, a barriers to entry, perhaps, for new players. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you run an online social media site and you want to put political ads on there, and let's just say the government makes you review every political ad, well, you're you're going to have to hire thousands of people to right. review them the same way Facebook would that's have right. to. So yeah. more regulation 
always benefits uh, existing entrenched players. Uh, and uh, it's uh, it's uh, disincentivizing to uh, to new entrants. So I think in the long run, these players uh, should remain dominant uh, in their respective spheres. Okay. Well, this was interesting, and it was more optimistic than I remember when we've done this this show before. Yeah, true. a couple quarters ago. So I feel like it could be some big optimism going into 2020 here. And I definitely want you back on when we start doing the fourth quarter sure. earnings report at the start of 2020. And then we're going to get some, maybe some guidance or outlooks right. for that year. That's right. So then we'll see if this 8.5% earnings growth is going to hold up. Maybe. Sure. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we mentioned a, a bunch of uh, companies today, so I'll give you the tickers on those. Apple is at the all-time highs here, AAPL. Alphabet, which I own in my own personal portfolio, is at uh, G-O-O-G-L, also at all-time highs. NVIDIA's reporting this week used to be a beast, and then it warned and missed, but its shares are trying to get back there. So we'll find out if things really have bottomed as Shiraz is indicating maybe they have in the semis. NVDA is the ticker there. And then if you're interested in some of those big banks, a lot of the value investors have been uh, commenting and citing to these big banks as a possible value play here. And I own one of them in the value investor portfolio here at Zacks. That one is JP Morgan, JPM. But there's also Bank of America, we mentioned BAC and Citigroup is at C. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single one of our episodes. And so the next time that Shiraz is on the show talking about earnings or energy, because I'll have to have him back on to talk about that, of course, you will get it automatically. You can subscribe. It. Uh, Zach's Market Edge is on SoundCloud. I know many of you are over there. We're also on Spotify. You can get us on Apple Podcasts. Hey, maybe it's our podcast that's driving those Apple earnings. I don't know, but be sure to get us somewhere and I'll see you again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.